Welcome back to the TV Talk Machine podcast. I'm Jason Snell, your co-host, and across the internet for me, as always, your host, t- chief TV critic at The Hollywood Reporter, Mr. Goodman. Hi, Tim. <laughs> I I saw you kind of revert back to the old TVTF. Mr. Goodman. Mr. Goodman. Yep. Yeah. Just for f- kicks. People who, you know, if they're OGs will get that, but exactly thank you. right. Thank you. I am here. I am across the internet, and I'm here. On vacation. It, on vacation. Yes, staycation. I checked. So, so what people? Yeah, it is a staycation because you're here. If you if you went somewhere, we would have had to like bank an episode or something, yeah. and you would have been gone. But you're you're home. So mm-hmm. I thank you for coming in on your vacation to the computer and tapping on the <laughs> microphone and checking in with with the the, the world. Um, yes. The the uh, I did I did notice you were on vacation because I went to the Hollywood Reporter's website and clicked the Bastard Machine link, which everybody should always do. That should be like your home page on your web browser. Do they yes. still have that? Cl- yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Set that as the page that just always opens. Uh, reloaded a few times, thousand times, <laughs> um, just to show your support for Tim. And there were no articles that were new from the last time we talked, which uh, is logical if you aren't working. Yes. Otherwise, you were thinking he's just really slacking here in the dog days. Well, every now and then it happens where you're yeah. where nothing is going on, and you've got stuff for like three, four, or five weeks from now that you're just <laughs> you're just putting away, and so you'll be like, uh, uh, "I'm working really hard," and there's no stories, and then some other week you'll be like, blah, nothing much," and and you will have had like eight stories posted. So it does <laughs> it does happen, but yeah, this week it's, it's a one to one correlation. <laughs> yes, this it is random uh, most of the times, but this. This week is uh, a direct correlation. I am I am off happily off. Although I wish I was not on a staycation. I wish I was on a vacation. Yeah. Do you get any of those vacations? Yeah, or staycations. The, yeah. Well, staycations. Well, yeah. my boss is a jerk um, and wants me to work all the time. I heard. Yeah. But every now and then, um, my <laughs> boss lets me travel and continue to work while I travel because that's just what happens. That's that's the independent life. Um, but it's pretty good. Uh, I, you know, I can work from anywhere, so uh, I often do. Good. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah. So so I wanted to talk. So Republican National Convention was this week. I picked a great week to be off. By yeah, the way. you really did. Mm-hmm. You seriously did. Uh, and, I, and I really had to do my best to um, because when you have a staycation when you're home. Uh, and when you're as plugged into all this social media stuff like I am and you are, um, it's uh, it's tempting. You know, I'm, I'd be you down. dive into it. Yeah, I was down barbecuing downstairs, and then I'm like, well, it's going to be 20 minutes before this is ready. Let me look at Instagram and 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 uh, Twitter, and, uh, and you're like, oh no. A, it reminds me of all the work I've got to do, and B, it reminds me of the Republican National Convention and Trump and that stuff I'm not interested in. So. Yeah, so I wanted to bring up the convention because I feel like one of the things that that we often see is uh, commentary about the convention on the late night comedy shows, especially yes. the more those with the more satirical bent. You know, famously they used to send like all the Daily Show correspondents to to the, the to the conventions, and 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 I think I think sometimes they actually went to the conventions themselves, but they certainly had the correspondents there. I remember, is didn't John Oliver like meet his wife at a <laughs> at a convention at one of the at like the Republican convention? I think that's the story. Um, so, so 
I, I think it's an interesting time, sort of like with sports in the Olympics, where for for uh, topical shows, having something like the political conventions as a, an opportunity to do something different. And there was some different stuff this week. I don't know if you caught any of it. Stephen Colbert, I think it's the most is the most notable thing that he yes. really tried to use this. Uh, lots of stories about him being a little. Uh, his show being kind of meandering and sluggish and, and trying to figure out what it's doing. And they very clearly had a plan of attack, including a cover story in The Hollywood Reporter, I'll point out. And yeah. I'll link to that in the show notes because it's nice to have at least one Hollywood Reporter story in the show notes. <laughs> um, thank you, Marisa Guthrie, for writing that story for us. And it's a really good story, too. It's yeah. a really good story. So, so I mean, so this isn't just like, hey, there's a convention next week. We should do something. This is a planned, concerted plan of attack by CBS and Colbert to... Uh, to make a splash, and and they did that this week. John Stewart was on a lot. He brought back the old Stephen Colbert conservative commentary, uh, co- commentator character. They did the word segment from the Colbert Report. A lot of sort of uh, uh, special moves for this week. I don't know if you saw any of that, but I thought that was really interesting. That they they very clearly said we're gonna make we're gonna try to make a splash and make people talk about Stephen Colbert this week. Yeah, I did see that because that's, you know, I mean, as much as I loathe to not want to be connected to uh, work in the busman's holiday kind of scenario, um, you pretty much can't uh, miss things when you're at home. And uh, even though I didn't try to catch up on things I was behind on because that felt like work, I did see that. And uh, and, and I did read all about that, too, because... Um, a, I really like Colbert, and that's and that's just a really big story right now. I, I think the idea, <clears throat> I think, and he had some in uh, Marisa's story. He had some really interesting comments about like what it was like to sort of realize, oh no, this is not working like I thought it would work, and me being myself is not as easy as either I thought it would be or people thought it would be. Um, and the whole and all those rumors about that they're, they're going to flip flop those two. It's super timely. I think that uh, based on that and exactly what you said, uh, it was a calculated move. It, it came at the perfect time. Uh, I think that that just gave a jolt to the show and to, weirdly, to Colbert. Um, and here we had been thinking that he had been so desperate to get out of that character and just be himself for a long time. And maybe he was. But maybe when you're down to the dump and people are like, what's wrong with your show? Uh, and you kind of revert back to your character just for a little bit even. Um, and the people go crazy and John Stewart's there. And by the way, just to the addendum to that, I mean, Stewart has been, it's, I, I tweeted out last night, you know, the King, re- the King returns and yeah. God, I missed him. So yeah, that's, that's been a real breath of fresh air and i'm sure you have some insights too but i i think that we can compare like what's not really happening over at the daily show with what's happening at least on (laughs) at least on this show and you know prior we've said about seth meyers doing an excellent job but yeah it's all it's all funky times now with the with the uh the election coming well i i think we talked about this uh, a while ago with colbert but you know as uh like when I went out on my own, uh, you know, I worked for a, a magazine and website for, for, you know, uh, more than a decade. And I, I started writing articles out on my own and people were like, wow, you sound, you know, you sound different. You sound looser and funnier and all these things. It's like, yeah, even though I was the editor in chief of that mm-hmm. magazine. The fact is, you know, when you're writing, you're writing for that brand, you're writing for that, you know, you're, you're not just yourself. You can't right. just go, I don't like, we're going to check the box here because this is actually <laughs> a good example of that. You can't just go, oh, fuck it. I'm going to just write whatever. You can't, right. you can't do it. Now on this show, I can say I'm going to check the box, right. but uh, for, for a, a magazine or a major broadcaster, you can't 
even if you've been given a lot of creative latitude, which Colbert very clearly has been in the Hollywood Reporter story, he says, like, CBS has not been jerks. The only thing that they do is some prudishness for standards and practices. But that's about it. They let us do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And I, but you know what? Being on CBS at 1130s got away on him. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I am sure he he when he started was still self-censoring and saying, but this is CBS. We're doing the late show. We're doing Letterman's old show, essentially. And like, I think you can't help but bring some baggage to that. And I think that that's something that, that you know, maybe this is all kind of uh, going to kick him out of a little bit. Like, you got to be yourself. The reason you're here is not to do someone else's show. It's like to do to do your show. And I'm sure that was a part of it. Because I got a couple of tweets about that this week from people who are like, you think this is just CBS getting... <laughs> You know, getting in the way of of uh, Colbert doing the show he wants, and like, I think he's doing the show. I think he's had latitude to do the show he wants, but I'm not sure it's the show he should be doing, um, or he could be doing because I think I think he, you know, this is just my theory. Is it's it's 11:30 on CBS in the Ed Sullivan Theater. I think that brings baggage that you you might not even think of uh, consciously, but I think it's there. Yeah, and, and I there's there's so much. This story is fascinating to me because. You know, you're talking about the same person being multidimensional and uh, you have to bring and, and not just directly related, related to Marisa's story. It's it's you have to, you know, you have to think that Colbert I mean, is, is, is thinking like, OK, well, he's clear about who the character is and who he is. But I think the audience wasn't for a really long time. And people well, like for me specifically, I, I was like, well, it's not how hard can it be, people? He's just a, he's just putting on this act and. He'll have no problem doing it. And I really hated all those c- columns building up to it saying, well, can Stephen Colbert be himself? I mean, I didn't like those because I thought it was going to be really easy. And I think it was. I just think that, like, it, the actual act of switching between the character and hit the person, that was easy for him to do. That's why I didn't like those stories saying, can he do it? The hard part was, does the audience want that? And is it? And, and what we're finding out right now is... Does Colbert want that? And is that what he's really best at? And if you, if you just take one step back and say, okay, the character that Colbert created for for his rapport, no one told him to do that. You know, he created that character on the Daily Show. He, you know, when you're a when you're like a comic genius, like he is, you you, you develop things, and he developed that. You develop something with a passion. You're creative. You're invested in it, and the reason it works is because you did a great job at it. Sometimes when you're just being yourself. You know, it's, there's not a whole lot of creative background to it. There's not a whole lot of, like, gunpowder right behind you to blast off. It's just you're just being yourself. And doesn't mean you're boring or whatever, but you might have created something brilliant uh, either in your persona or in your artwork that's just different from you. And I think that's a, that's a weird existential type of situation that he finds himself in. So I'm fascinated by mm-hmm. it. It's like, wow, I put the, I put this mask back on. It looks just like me. And I, and the crowd ate it up and critics ate it up too. So that was, that was kind of funny to be on Twitter and seeing people like, you know, he, he's himself again. He's funny, etc. The, uh, I want to ask you about a larger issue and get your, get your thoughts about this, which is, uh, pulling out the stops for uh, for the conventions like this, I was really like, uh, you know, Monday comes. I mean, because this and this this Republican convention was like a sideshow. It was yeah. it was like a, a clown eighteen uh, wheeler full of clown cars. Yeah, like it was, uh, it was not just one yeah. clown car. It was yeah. all the clown cars. It was really crazy. It's a spectacle. 
it, it was a spectacle and uh and ripe for satire so um so this is my question I was really disappointed. Like Monday, crazy things are happening at the convention. Twitter is blowing a gasket, and we do that Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday too. Mm-hmm. Um, people are commenting, snarking, um, pulling out references to like who's lying and who's not lying. And I thought, oh man, I can't wait for you know one step back, like a little remove for the the experts to dice this thing apart, right? And what was on TV was largely not that. Um, mm. You know, Colbert went live. Uh, I think. Uh, I mean, but but for the for the most part, like The Daily Show, um, these are all shows that tape at what at like five in the afternoon mm. uh, in 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 New York. Um, and I just found myself saying, why why can't somebody do what the news networks do for satire? Like not not necessarily even cover it live like they did with that State of the Union live, but like I found myself really wanting um the comedy central shows to go on the moment the convention was over and mm-hmm. and or, or to have a live samantha b or to have john mm-hmm. oliver pop in live on hbo or something right and and i felt like there was a kind of a hole there and it's like the internet's providing me with lots of funny snarky commentary on this uh kind of disaster that's going on in cleveland but um where's television and i felt like television kind of failed me this week even with the good stuff that colbert did i felt like none of them were nimble enough or maybe it was they were all too cheap to send people to cleveland but it's cleveland how expensive could it be? Um, I, I don't know. What What do you think? Is, is TV really missing out on not trying to do more entertainment spinning off of this? Or is it just too esoteric and expensive and not worth it? No, I, I mean, the funny thing is when you were talking about the show you were looking for, I, I, I was just like biting my hand because, you know, it was like, you know, part, you know, basically you want The Daily Show. <laughs> I, I want, you know, well, yeah, I, mean, I want the Daily Show or or a combo of uh, of the Daily Show like and the Nightly Show. Twenty sixteen, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I want I want it live. Stuff, yeah. I want them to go live as soon as the convention is over and and just rip it apart for an hour for the, both conventions. That's what I want with people live on the scene and pre taped bits and people in the studio. And the studio could be back in New York or even better if it was in Cleveland. That's what I that's what I want. And I kind of expected that somebody would do that, and it just didn't exist. And even Colbert live is live from the ed sullivan theater yeah and i I think part of the problem from it is that the you know everybody who was in everybody who was in the format that did everything so well which is the daily show and it's in it when it went at its zenith they're they're elsewhere and they are they are in uh networks and institutions that are uh, you know, they're dinosaur ships in their own way, as we say. Uh, they just, they couldn't. I mean, they have other programming that's actually probably going to be more popular. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, I mean, a lot of people who were Republicans who were going to vote for Trump watched the the actual news part of it or the actual coverage. A lot of people who hate Trump don't want anything to do with it. But people who came looking for comedy, um, political comedy and the skewering of it, um, you weren't going to find it. You, I mean, just what you were exactly stating, what you were looking for, the only outlet that could have done that in the way that you wanted to do it was was Comedy Central, and they should have. Yeah, you're right. And that's you know that's the problem of the old show. And um, you know, we talk we talk because he's a little higher profile. Obviously, Colbert having all this, you know, second guessing. People are second guessing him, and 
you know, there was the even little things that I'm not sure people remember that like Letterman came out with a comment not long ago, like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm surprised they didn't hire a woman to take my spot, yep. you know, and it was, you know, it was well after the fact. And he's, you know, he's. I don't think they're best friends, but they're certainly not enemies. Um, so, but it was just, I think he was just being true. He wasn't trying to put down uh, Colbert. But at the same time, Colbert was really struggling at that point. And I'm sure if he was reading the clips, he's like, oh, God, now this, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> you know, nothing was working. Um, but think about now. Like, think about uh, Trevor Noah. I mean, that show, if, A, it's it's technically... Comedy Central was hoping to aim it for a younger audience that actually doesn't watch linear television. Right. And the ratings are not there. So you can take this all the way back. And, you know, partly Stewart is tacit in it because he was an executive producer of it um, and helped pick Noah. Uh, I just think that's a failure all the way across the board. Um, Dan Feinberg and I disagree on the quality of Trevor Noah and, and what he brings to late night. But I think that a lot of people certainly who loved the old late night uh, and, and are not either fans of or maybe we're going to give Tre- Trevor Noah a shot. Uh, I just think it's clearly not working. It's clearly not working as a show. Um, there might be other issues at play at that show. People have been leaving the series. Or, I mean, that show. Um, it's very odd happenings over there. I don't, you know, I think Bill Maher the other day, I, I didn't see it. I just saw that uh, on Twitter. So I guess Maher took a shot at Trevor Noah. Hmm. Um, and he did, he did one live episode. So that was HBO's one mm-hmm. shot at it was that they, they did uh, they did a live uh, real time episode, I guess, on Wednesday night or something. And nobody, I heard about it after the fact. I think Dan wrote that he heard about it after the fact. It's like, I didn't oh, well, have any idea. If they do a live broadcast and no, don't tell anybody, did it really happen? Yeah, that's, it's really odd. And, and I, I don't think that HBO viewership is built for that anyway. I think, yeah. that, you know, if you're a fan of Maher, you go with the time and the place it's on. Well, it's a little like having the live uh, or, or the daily talk show uh, by Chelsea Handler on Netflix. It's like, yeah. okay, but I don't, that's not how I use Netflix. Yeah, no, and, and A, and that's not the show I want, which is, I think people resoundingly said that. But yeah, um, yeah I think that in all of this, basically the nugget of what you're saying is twofold. One, the Daily Show didn't step up and do what you were looking for. It didn't feel that need when it would have done that better and and funnier in the past. And what it was able to provide uh, was talking into a vacuum. And um, I think people who missed – and here's the thing. A very brief snippet of John Stewart comes on and it's like, oh, my God, that's what's been missing. Yeah. That right there in a nutshell. You are what's been missing. And we thought everybody else could do it. And, and look, Samantha B is fantastic. Sam- John Oliver is amazing. But they're 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 doing and, – and Sam B did a little bit of a – her own thing as well, but they're they're. Although she was she listening to the the that outrage thing that John Stewart does so well, I thought you know I think Samantha B is the closest to that of anyone. She's right. got that kind of thing going for her. But but yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, I got got to be a rough time this week at the Daily Show on top of everything else to see <laughs> John Stewart sitting there uh, at at Stephen Colbert's desk for yeah. ten minutes, right? And just and 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 I I mean I. Look, you could be talking about somebody's favorite basketball star or somebody's favorite musician. Like uh, John Stewart's a rock star, and he's he was good at what he did, and he defined the whole genre because he was excellent and funny. And and it, it, you know what? The difference between him and Noah, well, there's many differences, but Trevor Noah can say things that are funny, but they, I don't think they have that insight that that 
searing political insight where John Stewart is like, he's right. And he's, and he's, he's pissed off and he's getting, well, he's right if you believe in what he's saying, but he, he's right. He's angry and he's spot on and he's doing stuff that the networks are, are not, you know, by that, I mean the cable networks and the channels like CNN and Fox and everybody's stumbling over. Um, we just needed him. And while some people can do variations of that very well, including Colbert and, uh, Sam B and, and, and John Oliver, there is no other one except for John Stewart. And he really proved that in a very small slice the other night. Let's take a break. Okay. And uh, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Woohoo! We have two sponsors. This is the first one. Here it is. Wow. I know. I know. People love us. People, they do. They do. So this, our sponsor is Mac Weldon. Yay. Underpants. Yeah. We get to talk I about it before you again. did. Yeah, you did. Underpants. Um, and, and I already checked the box. And I, I want to point out that the Mac yeah. Weldon, I, I, the page I got in front of me says, do what's best for the show. If that means making jokes, that sounds like us, swearing or making things up, you could totally do it. Wow. I know, Thanks, right? Mac. So Mac Weldon, uh, again, underpants, socks, shirts, um, I think they got other stuff there too, but but definitely it's it's menswear. Um, I've tried their underpants and their sh- and their and their <laughs> socks. I love their socks. Their socks are really nice. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's underwear is what we're we need underpants. To say, right? It's underwear. <laughs> well, they're, they're underpants. They go on your underpants. It just kills me. Underpants. Under- underwear. I, yes, it's under. It's not men's pants. It's menswear. I what thought I'm if I could say it before you did that I, I would just I would not lose it. But no, you, you just keep it. saying underpants, and it just one ups me. But yeah, they have hoodies and sweatpants too. So nice. They, yeah. There's there's a lot going stuff. on there. I'm going to see if I can do everything that Mac Weldon. So you know we've been laughing, we've been yucking it up. That's pretty good. Um, what else should I say uh, that that'll make them happy? Holy shit! They're naturally <laughs> antimicrobial because they've got silver underwear. How about that? They eliminate odor. Checking in the box. Okay, with got Mac that. Weldon. Thank you, Mac mm-hmm. Weldon. They asked for it and they got it. Yeah. I just did that there. Making up characters or situations is something they also say we could possibly do here. I'm not quite sure I've got an underpants character wow. ready. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that good to know for the future. I will dream up an no, underpants wearing character. I love socks so much. Oh, <laughs> I love them. The, the stripy socks from <laughs> Mac Weldon. They're my favorite. That's my character that I'm doing. It's uh, stripy wow. sock guy. I don't. Let's let's put him in the workshop. <laughs> okay. You need a little work there. So, where David Lohr has got a face palm. How about right existential now. French uh, sock wearer? But, uh, <laughs> could you ever wear the socks or do the socks simply <laughs> encompass your feet? Yeah, it sounded German. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's from the border of France and Germany uh, there. It's beautiful. The socks. The socks. Yeah. Um, oh boy. Yeah, Poor I don't David know. Anyway, Moore. anyway, it's easy to order th- things on uh, on Mac Weldon's site. I was able to do that. Uh, and if I can do it, you can do it. Uh, really simple site. You can get, you pick some underpants, <laughs> pick some socks, pick some shirts, whatever. And then you check out. It's super easy. Um, and if you want... Quality uh, garments. If you if you have a problem, they want you to be comfortable. If you don't like your first pair of, uh, of underpants or, 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 or socks or whatever, keep it. Tell them that you didn't like it. They'll refund your money. No questions asked. So really, it's a risk-free deal. Um, they look good. They perform well. Um, like I, I, In all seriousness, these are great garments, great for working out, great for wearing to, to the office, great for wearing on a date. Because if you're on a date, let me tell you, there's nothing more important than having the confidence that comes where underneath your clothing, you know you're wearing good socks. Oh. I'm just saying. See what I, I did thought, there? I thought for sure we were going to get uh, uh, underpants. I totally yeah. swerved and did socks. You okay. totally swerved and I tripped. MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K, 
W-E-L-D-O-N, MacWeldon.com, and get 20, 20% off. I'm not wow. kidding you. That's really good. Using this code, TV Talk. TV Talk. One word, TV Talk. That's us. Thank you, Mac Weldon, for sponsoring the TV Talk Woo-hoo. machine. I have one other topical topic to bring up this week, which is, uh, which is just uh, nerd news. <laughs> nerd, news. <laughs> nerd news. Nerd news. <laughs> it should be kind of a different thing. Beep, nerd beep, news. Beep, 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 <laughs> there you beep, go. Beep, beep. <laughs> nerd news. Um, the, there, there's not a lot still rolling out because it's Comic Con, Comic Con yeah. week. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's there's going to be news over the weekend that we'll probably have to cover in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I wanted to at least mention because the Comic Con is not about comics anymore so much. The no. comic people are there, but it is an entertainment show and it really is a uh, a place where major uh networks and studios make announcements and and promote their movies and their tv series so um it 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 is a media event more than anything else and they do skew a little nerdy although honestly some of the stuff that i've seen when i've gone to comic-con it's like why are you even at comic-con and the answer is we have a marketing budget and a show that launches in the next six weeks or eight weeks so we're gonna go to comic-con damn it because there's people there who are enthusiastic Enthusiastic about television and movies, and that like that's it. That's all that is required to be at Comic Con now. Right. Um, but I, I did want to bring up some Netflix and Marvel did a whole thing on Thursday where they announced uh, sort of their next wave of what they're doing. They showed a, they showed sort of the first uh, substantive trailer from Luke Cage with Mike Coulter, which comes out in September, which I'm really looking forward to because he was great uh, in a supporting role as the same character in Jessica Jones. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, they showed a, they had a trailer for Iron Fist, which is the show that follows that. I told my wife that Iron Fist was the next show and she looked at me and said, they're just making words up now and just putting them together to make shows. And I said, yeah, pretty much. That's Iron Fist. That's sure. That's right. Cotton Elbow will be next probably. Uh, you know, bronze <laughs> nose face guy anyway uh iron fist is coming and then they also tease the defenders which is sort of the team up of all of those characters uh which was just a coming soon oh and they they announced that they're definitely doing a season three of daredevil hopefully with fewer ninjas um that's my commentary and uh so they they did they loaded down on the the netflix marvel stuff so that relationship continues to to roll on which is funny because when it was originally announced remember it was going to be um four basically little seasons and then a capper the defenders thing and then they were going to be done and now it's like you know a couple more seasons of daredevil and they're going to do the punisher and they're going to bring back jessica jones at some point and it's like that that is now an ongoing concern for uh yeah for netflix it's working too yeah where it's not yeah. it's at abc as we've discussed yes that's right um i did i read an interesting article today where somebody was trying to speculate about how it was basically like how could um agents of shield be made better if it tied into the netflix stuff and i thought well yes but that's not gonna happen yeah good luck with that (laughs) it's like not hello netflix are you in are you in there it's abc nope Mm -mm, mm -mm. nobody home go away Uh, (laughs) under the desk hiding i love how that works that's not how it worked out in the jungle my friend yeah um, a couple other things that I noticed from Comic-Con that I wanted to at least mention. There's some great Hollywood Reporter stuff from Comic-Con, actually. Mm-hmm. The, the Hollywood Reporter is on it. We have um, a lot of people there. Yeah, so um, they announced that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to do the Hamilton episode of Drunk History. Yeah, that's amazing, right? That's, <laughs> Just, uh, I, that's a pretty big get. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. if you're going to do the story of Alexander Hamilton, go to the man 
Go to the man. <laughs> Go to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Beautiful. I like how now that he's not on Broadway um, six days a week, that he uh, he he's finally getting to do all the... He's reaping all the rewards of being such a uh, a Broadway star for the last year. He's finally like cashing in all of those chips that he accumulated over the last year. So he'll be on Drunk History. Uh, so watch for that. And the, a story that made me laugh. The producers of CBS's forthcoming MacGyver, which um, I'm going to just say is probably going to be a Scorpion slash CSI Cyber level um, uh, show, but we'll yeah. see. It's going to have so much not a thing in it. Uh, it's I think that's so probably much. true. Um, yeah. But they, they the producer said they really, really want to have Richard Dean Anderson uh, appear on the show. Um and I, I, I guess my goal would be, or my, my, uh, my, my, my worry there is, if you have to sit behind a table at Comic Con and say we really would like it if you would be on our show, yeah. that probably means he doesn't want to be on your show. Yeah, it's not no, like it's... they can't find him. Like, where is Richard Dean Anderson? If you're listening, R- Richard, <laughs> please call us. We would like you to be on. Did you know we're doing a MacGyver show? Did you heard? I think he knows, guys. I think he knows. He knows. He's yeah. just he's oh, he's dear. also under that desk hiding. Like, nope, nobody home. Sorry. Um, so that's my nerd news. That's all the nerd news so far. I'm sure there will be more nerd. Do you TV miss not news. being there? I don't. <laughs> okay i don't i don't right. i'm not even a little um i i uh so i'm going to san diego actually next week that's uh, we're gonna do a pre-tape episode next week mm-hmm. that we'll record in a moment again pulling back the curtain because we have nothing to hide from the listeners of the tv talk machine no i'm i'm going down next week because i love san diego and i love that area around the convention center the gas lamp district it's fantastic and every time i went to comic-con there i would think you know what would be great is being here without any of these people so last year my wife and i went the weekend before comic-con and this year we're going the weekend after comic-con and so we we get the just you know we get the whole summer in san diego experience and nobody will be there yeah right i mean that's uh yeah when we were there um, last year they were they were putting up all of the like wraps around the hotels where they like cover hotels with ads and things Uh, they were like giant conan o'brien face was going up and all this stuff this year i imagine we'll be there as they're pulling all that stuff down it's all it's like it's like the end of a carnival it's all sad yeah i i I imagine there's gonna be like little crumpled up uh batman costumes Mm -hmm. in the streets and things Yeah. yeah That's right. Little root torn masks. Yeah. Cosplay costumes round. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that's probably what it's going to be like. But I love San Diego, so I'm looking forward to that. But but yeah, I, it's a mass of humanity. It's too big. I, I Actually, we had an interesting conversation, a bunch of people on Twitter about um, how unwieldy Comic-Con is. And um, and I talked to a friend of mine who said that, you know, if you if you know people and you have like the VIP experience, Comic-Con's great. But if you're in the sweaty masses, it, it, it's not so great. And now that... Um, now that they do like the Star Wars, Disney does they own their own Disney convention. They do a Star Wars convention every year that's put on by Disney, by by Lucas. Um, and I start to think about these Marvel announcements at Comic-Con and think, at what point should they just do a Marvel con every year mm-hmm. that's official, mm-hmm. like yeah. the Star Wars celebration? And and, and the, the other Comic-Cons will still remain, but like Disney could do one. It's focused on the movies and the TV shows. And they would get an audience for that because the Star Wars celebration is a huge success as an event, too. So Because Comic-Con is too much because it's like everybody else's movies and TV shows all poured into one place. And there's not room... Uh, anywhere the lines are too long. It's south so, by southwest for 
Yeah, I'd say go to know, any other comic. Well, I mean, I guess the New York Comic Con is also huge, but I'd say go to any other Comic Con except San Diego just because it's, I think it's just out of scale because people have decided, again, that it's not really about comics anymore. It's about everything else. And it's like even, even Thursday is becoming unwieldy and don't go there on Saturday afternoon. Just don't. All right. Uh, let me take a quick break. Our second sponsor this week. Uh, yeah, we got two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? Know, uh, is it. our good friends at uh, the Zombies Run Virtual Race. Yes. Do you, do you do you know about this? Yes, uh-huh. it's, it's uh, this is our second. This is our time second time. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they love they do love us. Yeah. So here here it is. Um, running is boring. I, I I've been running this week. Um, mm-hmm. I stopped for a while. Story is. <laughs> This is not a Mac Weldon ad, and yet I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ramble. They didn't tell me to ramble the zombies people, but here it is. <laughs> here it uh, is. We got a dog last last uh, in the last summer, and uh, she doesn't want to run, so I stopped <laughs> running because I started walking the dog, and the dog doesn't want to run, so I stopped running, and I finally just said I got to get back to running. Um, and the dog is really mad at me when I go out the door now. She's like, but you're all ready to go take me out. Why are you leaving? And yeah. says, I got to run dog and you will not run. <laughs> so, um, so I'm back to running now and I am reminded again that running is really boring. It's good for you. There's lots of good things about it. Um, but it's just not very interesting. You got to keep yourself entertained. You take your mind off of it. You do some other things. You could listen to music. You can listen to podcasts. Zombies Run Virtual Race, you can actually still listen to other stuff, but also you get uh, this immersive audio story that kind of comes into your headphones as you're running. And it tells you, uh, it's matched to the distance that you're running. So if you're uh, training for a 5K or a 10K, it'll move you through the distances that you need to run. And then when you get to the 5 or 10K, it's a virtual race. You're running wherever you are. Other people are running wherever they are. And in, in the end, everybody is in the same race and they're doing it with all of the, uh, the audio cues that are happening. You'll hear the zombies <laughs> trying to get you and that's how they get you to run faster. They, they, you can feel like you're breaking into a vault in order to save humanity. And it, as a result, you end up running a lot further than you thought you could when you started. Um, and uh, it is like a race. So um, you pay an entry fee, you get a running tee, uh, so you, you, you get your t-shirt, you get, a, you get a finisher's medal, you get some other gear, and you get this audio adventure series that will take you from the beginning of the training to the end of the virtual race that'll be run this fall. It's $55. It's way more fun than a gym membership. So here's what you do. Go to zombiesvirtualrace.com and use coupon code TV Talk Machine, and you'll get $5 off your entry. Thank you to all the zombies out there for not Yay, eating our brains. Zombies. Mm-hmm. and for sponsoring this show and making us run and making us run well don't run to the zombies just run away whenever you see a zombie run i say exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I, dr- I dread even saying this uh because i'm gonna i'm gonna break the facade that i've created that uh a faux sod more like oh. it oh not bad huh <laughs> uh, uh, um, is that redundant okay go ahead yeah go ahead. it is but i think it's better if f-a-u-x-a-d-e yes mm. faux Maybe there's a C that needed in there. Um, faux dash sod. Uh, that I'm okay. actually on vacation, which sadly, huh. I'm not really. I'm here stuck with all this stuff, you know, getting getting emails from my bosses, that kind sure. of thing. Um, uh, next week, while you're on vacation in lovely uh, uh, ghost town of San Diego, yep. where everybody's gone, and you're like, oh, the beaches and the weather mm-hmm. and quiet time. 
I am going to be at the Death March with Cocktails, my friend. Oh, my God. Is that next week? That is next week. <gasps> mm-hmm. I oh, leave no. Tuesday. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, so so us pre-taping a bit basically save, <laughs> saves you from, from one of those I'm calling you from the hotel room episodes. But you got to bring your microphone. I'm bringing you're there, microphone you're there for like, what, two two months, right? Yeah, basically. two months. Well, we proved last a couple times now in a row that we can do it from We there. can do it. Yeah. yeah. We have a long... Well, let's put it this way. Let's be honest, Tim. Come forward. I have a long history of failing... Uh, like way from the very original, original uh, TVTM. I have a yeah. long history of failing from the hotel room, but a currently recent streak. We're we're doing great, and yeah. um, I will, I will, you and I will hook up from the hotel. We'll make it happen. Um, but yeah, I um, uh, my little pre pre TCA uh, Television Critics Association slash Death March with Cocktails uh, dream of not uh uh imagining that it's actually happening is happening i'll be down there so it's good to take a week then and and kind of like center yourself and be in your own home because then you're going to be taken away from it yes i will be i will be down there i will be in residence i will i will hopefully they'll give me the little in residence tag again so that's always my favorite um do that and yeah so like pretty close to 3 weeks oh, and man. yeah it's Ooh. it's it's too much but uh I'm going to try to attack it in different ways. I'm try- I've, I've been partly trying to think about how I can cover it in a, in a way that's a little different than the last couple times I've done it. So it's always trying to shake it up a little bit. But yeah, a lot of news, a lot of new shows coming up. There's going to be stuff. There's going to be really good stuff that's actually happening while uh, I'm there with the TV or THR team, which is massive. So there's a lot of good stuff coming up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody should look for that, and then we will we will check in with Tim week after next. From uh, is that is that Pasadena now? I uh, know that. So summertime will Sum- be in Beverly Hills. Summer is Beverly Hills. So you'll be mm-hmm. in residence at the Beverly Hilton. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, very nice. Yeah, Beverly Hills. <sighs> That's where I want to be. I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Weezer reference up top. <laughs> Woo. Um, all right, but uh, so so I got a couple more things before we break okay. for this one, and then and then what we're going to do again, lifting the veil, we're going to pre-tape, we're going to have a, a whole bunch of letters that'll get us through next week, where I'm in San Diego and Tim is uh, is settling in uh, in residence, and then <laughs> and then we'll be back. Uh, but I had a couple couple quick ones that are sort of topical letters, so I thought I thought they were worth ta- talking about yeah. now. Um, one we'll is be, from let, instead of letting them sit, yes, yeah, was, exactly. Yeah. So Blake from the two one four, originally okay. from the four oh five, says. Long time, first time. Really love the show. This week, HBO has confirmed the next season of Game of Thrones will only be seven episodes. You've talked in the past about how ten episodes seems too little for the amount of story packed into each season. What do you think will be done these next two seasons to help that in a shortened season? Being past the books now, do you think they can focus more on other storylines and put others in the background? What if the showrunners decided to treat these last two seasons more like a limited series and extend the running time? I'm thinking of shows like Show Me a Hero or Sherlock. I think that would give them a lot more room in the stories they could tell with each episode and we could spend more time with our favorite characters has that ever happened before or with a show changing its format that much in the middle of its run thanks from blake what do you think uh yes yes and yes and all of that i don't <laughs> think it's actually going to change the format so much that um i'm i'm uh they haven't shot the episodes yet but i'm pretty certain that uh casey boys who's the new person in charge at hbo uh was sitting in his chair nodding yes to everything that was being asked of him uh, could, you know, like may- maybe theoretically, uh, we're, since we're doing seven episodes, hey, boss, uh, new boss, maybe three or four of these might run long. Go ahead, run yeah. long. Go, yes, do it. Um, they will, I-, I will tell you this, they will take anything. Uh, uh, they would take spinoffs. They would take, 
no matter that's a, a yes across the board at HBO. I, I also don't believe that we have heard the last of Game of Thrones forever. Um, I think there's possibilities down the road of, of things happening. I don't think that that door is ever going to get shut and locked. But um, I think, as you and I have discussed before, that once they got past the books, the, and, and I think we both agreed that the sixth, the sixth season moved rapidly. Yes, well, agreed. For, for Game of Thrones, at least, it moved yeah, rapidly. Sure. And for right. me, I thought, okay, this is it was one of my favorite seasons because it moved briskly. Mm-hmm. It was telling its stories. And it, that's also uh, in service to the fact, or part, uh, partly due to, that they took five, five seasons prior and 50 episodes to get the action moved to this part of the book or the story where... Now everybody's racing to battle, or where winter is winter's here, um, and so yeah, I think the pace is moving quickly. So I trust that they actually know what the ending is. This is why we have this different uh, number, not full ten. They don't need they didn't need twenty episodes um, to close out the last two. So they needed more than ten, but not twenty. And so I think yes, uh, to answer Blake's question, I think that he they're going to be briskly told. And my worries from the past will not will no longer be in play. And if they have to go long, they'll go long. Yeah, I think they know exactly what their story beats are, and exactly what their season break is. Yep. Right. So I, yep. I think this is this is a sign of of not like well let's figure out how to fit this much story into ten episodes. It's more like what's left, and they they know I think they know episode by episode what's going to happen the next two seasons. They may you know change as they go and say oh we could use another episode like Mister Robot said oh we need we could use an, another couple hours. Um, right. I could that see happens. Mm-hmm. yeah I could see that, but I think they know exactly like when they say seven seems strangely specific, right? Well, it's because they know how much story they've got left and where the best uh, you know season break is and so they're like we're gonna cut it right there and this is gonna be seven episodes and maybe yeah sure if they want to go 65 minutes for one great hbo's gonna say yes but i think i think it's all end game now it's like they're they're not filling space they don't want to pad it out they they would be hard to pad it out they're just gonna tell their story and they got seven episodes worth yeah so it's uh it's exciting it's exciting. They, know what, they know what they're doing. They know where they're exciting going. Exciting and sad. As soon as this is over, I'll just turn around and restart it on my own. Just, that's what I'll do. Anyway, and they also announced that it's going to be next summer when it comes out. So yes. we, we have we have a lot longer to wait. Winter is coming. It'll come next summer. <laughs> It'll come in summer. Whatever. <laughs> um, maybe that'll be good for HBO to sh- stretch out some of their shows into different times of the year. I don't know. Um, instead of having all their good shows on one night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> be like, Which is the problem that led to the last person being fired. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I got one other uh, uh i think timely topical email it's actually the second half of the design geek jess email from last week so Ooh. it's like two letters in one from the 415 design geek jess nice. any thoughts on what the olympics will do to summer tv does anybody watch sports that are on tape delay anymore do we still get excited when events are interwoven with heartstring tugging stories what do you think about the olympics a little olympic preview because that's coming up too Yes, that's coming up August 5th, right around the corner. Uh, I am probably in the, the group of people that talk about this all the time. I'm probably the outlier in that I love the Olympics. I do too. Um, I love them. And I do not care that they're, uh, you know, I've covered this, the Olympics, and I've covered this issue for so long. I'm so tired of it. Um, oh, it's tape delayed. You know what? It's, yes, it's tape delayed because it's on television. They need to make as much money as they can in prime time. Uh, if you want to see the events live, you can. All of them are going to be streamed 
Um, there, there's just ways to do it. Um, you can spoil yourself. You can watch it. You can, you know, stream it. You can do whatever you want to do and find it. But for me, I like those backstories. Um, yeah, in the past, they used to, they definitely went overboard with all the, uh, saccharin and the strings and stuff, but they tell good stories because those are good stories to be told. They find out athletes who've ha- who have compelling stories and they tell them. And I, I think that um, it's great television. It's a perfect time in the summer and the winter. I love the Winter Olympics as well. Um, I think you've got beginning stories like Russia might be completely banned from the Olympics. Um, that could be announced soon. They're definitely their track and field people are not coming. So um, there's there's stories to be had um, in that way. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, well. The many channel thing is also a thing that mm-hmm. I think makes the Olympics better because it used to be if you did like some sport, you couldn't see it, and nobody can watch all of the Olympics now. But you can choose because they'll put it on like eight different channels. They're streaming a lot of stuff on the internet now, yeah, and that stuff is live. I don't mm-hmm. know if they've gotten to the point now where they're finally going to let like maybe West Coasters watch the opening ceremonies on the web at five thirty or four thirty in the afternoon instead of waiting until prime time. NBC does like to hold some stuff back. But uh, even at the last Winter Olympics, they wouldn't um, they wouldn't let you show it, let you watch it on demand. But if you wanted to watch like the figure skating final live without uh, NBC commentary, um, you could do it on the web. They let you. So so that that kind of that part of it is is uh, at least mitigated now. So I think that makes the Olympics much better and kind of kind of knocks down a lot of the a lot of the criticism about it. And then people take people can watch it on the cable channels like a sport, or you can watch it on NBC in primetime like a you know polished piece of entertainment. And you can kind of pick your poison. Yeah, and I I, I just did that a lot. Exactly what you said. Um, in the winter, I I find myself watching tons of fringe sports that I know nothing about or only know about because of the Olympics. Um, and it's I find, more curling and biathlon. Come yeah, on, yeah, like and biathletes, <laughs> you know, or you know, they. they uh, I yeah, just like, watching. And people in the summer, and, you get handball or something like that. You're like, what is happening? And it's yes, just great. I, I love it, and, and it's like, I, I what was the uh, uh, the when they do the snow ski marathon or the whatever it is where they're skiing the skiing marathon. Oh yeah, like the cross country. Ah, oh, it's brutal, right? It's just and, that, such and that's an the one where they stuff. get they get Al Troutwig to do the to do the he. He spent five years in a convalescent home, but now <laughs> Olaf Bjorn Thornson is the, the is a he's a household name in Sweden and hated in Denmark for some reason, and he's close to the finish line, but he's about to collapse. Will he survive? It's that kind of story. I love that. I just love that. It's like whatever oh, yeah. it is. That that never lets me down because. The way that it, they show it, like at some point, like nobody's even close to each other. No, and no. Then, it's and just then one inexplicably, man in the one person, you just, you fully just gotta not die to get it. But he's, you know, he's gassed and he's gonna, I mean, they've had some thrilling, like, you can't, you're like, all of a sudden the guy comes out of the woods basically from behind, you're like, <gasps> what? He's gonna catch him? And then, like, it becomes almost like a, like Usain Bolt kind of thing where you're like, wow, this is actually gonna, this marathon's gonna turn into a sprint where everybody's basically has no, no blood, no oxygen. They're just gonna die at the line. It's really thrilling. So yeah, my, it, I, it, that was winter, but yeah, I love, I love the Olympics and, uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so I just don't want anybody who is on the Warriors to get uh, Zika. So stay inside the tents, guys. Okay, good, good tip. Okay, <laughs> good tip. Stay you. inside the tents. And mm-hmm. I have, I have um, uh, one last thing I want to do here, which is uh, Dean of the Seven Hundred Seven Travel Update. 
Ah, obviously, yeah. Okay, how is he going to Rio? At uh, some point? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, he's he's in Rhode Island now again. Bars and churches around are in every state. Yeah. Rhode Island, and he said, "I'm watching Brotherhood because I just can't stand Family Guy." <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> nice. And Brotherhood's a great series, by yes, the way. It is. Loved it. It is. You'll uh, never look at uh, at uh, Draco Malfoy's dad the same way when you no, do a fake so good. New England accent. Mm-hmm. All right, Tim. We've uh, I think we've reached the end. So I guess I should give the numbers unless you're going to Columbo me. I am not. Okay. I'm Columboed out because okay, it's good. a staycation. Uh, we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna be able to answer them next week, but we'll answer them uh, hopefully when Tim is in residence. So if you want to send things our way, tweet at us at TVTM, uh, facebook.com slash TV Talk Machine, and you can also email us podcast at TVTalkMachine.com. Tim is Bastard Machine on Twitter. I'm Jay Snell on Twitter. Uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening, Tim. We will uh, we will record another episode shortly, but nobody else will hear it until next week. So everybody out there, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.